The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Continuing an exploration of the seven factors of awakening from the perspective of the Satipatthana Sutta. We've been exploring the four foundations of mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta, for quite some time now. And um, in the fourth foundation, looking at the various, you could say lists, there are several Dharma lists in the fourth foundation that we're encouraged to kind of look at our experience through the perspective of those teachings. It's um, it's like an orientation of our exploration of our mindful mindfulness exploration through the lens of the Dharma, through the lens of particular aspects of the Dharma. So the first three foundations are really, you know, uh, kind of basic in a way. Be aware of body experience. Be aware of feeling pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Be aware of what's happening in the mind. Greed, aversion, delusion, non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. And then the fourth foundation takes the skill that we've kind of developed to be aware of body, to be aware of feeling and what's going on in the mind, and then to explore the hindrances, for instance. Explore what is it like when sense desire arises in the mind? What's it like when restlessness and sleepiness arise? To just get familiar with that. That's one of the exercises in the fourth foundation. And then exploring the body and mind, the body and mind processes through the aggregates, exploring the body and mind through the terrain of the sense bases. And then uh, the one we're exploring is to explore the experience of the actual experience of that's that's what these the the mindfulness teaching is about what is the experience of these factors of awakening factors of awakening include mindfulness itself which is interesting to be aware of mindfulness itself investigation this quality of of interest of exploration of being with experience of energy, which we'll talk in more depth about today, of um, joy that comes with the practice, tranquility that begins to balance the energy. Um, the the these first um, the first factor of mindfulness is kind of a, a stabilizing factor. The the next three. Um, investigation, energy, and and joy are all energy rising factors. They bring the energy up. And the last three, tranquility, concentration, and equanimity, all are, are settling. They're kind of calming factors. So we have the arousing factors and the calming factors. And mindfulness is kind of said to be in the middle, balancing these out so that the energy is both alert aroused and tranquil. When the seven factors are in balance, there's a kind of an interesting quality of alert and yet 
relaxed. And so these are not opposites. We sometimes might think of that kind of alertness or energy and uh, calm as being opposite qualities, but there's a way that there can be this energy and have there be a kind of ease or uh, settledness. So in the Satipatthana Sutta, we're encouraged to get to know when these factors are present, when they're not present, how they are come to be, so what kind of supports their arising, what, what enables them to develop and grow, and then also what supports their kind of stabilization how do they come to fulfillment sometimes is that translation how do they how do they stabilize it essentially actually become factors that support awakening so we've talked in the past weeks a little bit about um, mindfulness and investigation and these two um, um, Kind of my, my sense of these factors of awakening is that these two, the mindfulness and the investigation, are kind of the, well, they're the support for the natural development of the other factors of awakening. But as we engage with mindfulness and investigation, and investigation includes the definition of, of, of the uh, Dhamma Vichaya, which is the word that's translated often as investigation, Dhamma Vichaya means something like investigation of Dhammas, investigation of states. And the definition includes kind of investigation of what is skillful and what is unskillful. So with the... Um, with our mindfulness, with our ability to be present with what's here, we get curious about what helps the mind move towards more ease and more peace and what creates more tension and stress in our experience. So what is skillful tends to be those states that are, um, well, let's talk about what's unskillful first. That's, that's a little easier. So what's unskillful is those states that are based in the qualities of greed, of wanting to hold on to things, of aversion, of wanting to push things away, of delusion, of confusion, of kind of disconnection or views, ideas, beliefs about how things are, how things are, should be. So the, um, all of our, what we might call reactive states of mind, anger, confusion, um, greed, anxiety, frustration, all of what we might call reactive, full-on rage, from the subtle to the very obvious uh, reactive states. They, they have some flavor of greed, aversion, delusion, or some combination of them involved. And so these and we get to know this with mindfulness we get to know the feeling of this unwholesome quality of the of and and for me you know sometimes it comes down to just a really simple kind of 
checking in in this area. You know, is there contraction and tension or is there spaciousness and openness? And that can be a really simple kind of check-in, you know, if there's this kind of pulling in or a, a kind of a contraction or a tightness or a tension there. There's, there is some kind of stickiness going on, some kind of reactivity based in greed, aversion, delusion. And so the, the, uh, the mindfulness begins to acquaint us with the experience of what it's like when there is this stickiness, when there is some kind of greed, aversion, delusion present. And we understand with that awareness this is this is how it works actually when we are mindful not in a reactive way but just in the way i was pointing to in the guided meditation just like yeah this is what's here right now there's tension right now there's tightness right now there's frustration right now there's anger right now there's confusion right now with that um that kind of awareness begins to help the mind understand that those states are stressful. Now, it seems obvious in a way that they're stressful. It seems obvious that they're stressful. But (laughs) when we see that, and even thinking about it like, you know, I think retrospectively, if we've been really angry, we know retrospectively that it's been stressful, but we may not know in the present moment, oh yeah, this is really stressful in this being because we're so caught up in the um, activity of the anger. And so what the mindfulness begins to do is to point out how this being suffers when those states are present. And we also start to see how those states ripple out and affect others and create suffering externally as well. And so mindfulness begins to point out that they are unskillful. Not just being told by some teaching, yeah, these are unskillful, but we feel it. And that's the power of the mindfulness and the investigation together. Mindfulness lets us feel that suffering. That doesn't sound like good news, but it really is actually. (laughs) Because when we're not really clearly mindful and aware, we're feeling that anyway. It's affecting our bodies and minds anyway. It's affecting the world anyway. But we're just not really quite aware of it. When we become aware of it, there's an option, potentially, possibility at least, of responding in a different way. And the simplest, potentially the simplest response is just to know. Wow, this being's feeling anger, and that's what it's like. Even that can help us not to automatically respond and react out of that experience. And then we're also asked to get to know the wholesome qualities of mind. States of mind, and this is the definition of the wholesome qualities of mind, states based in non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. So it's the absence of greed, aversion, and delusion that creates the possibility for these wholesome states. And and we get to know them too. We, We get familiar with the qualities of love, of compassion, 
of joy, of mindfulness, of concentration, of patience, of equanimity. There's so many beautiful qualities of mind, of love, care. Generosity, feeling of um, kind of clarity around non-harming. So those are all, you know, the wholesome states, and we're asked to get familiar with those too. And as we get familiar with those, with the mindfulness, so this is what investigation encourages us, get to know the wholesome and the unwholesome. And as we get to know the wholesome, we feel internally that it is wholesome again it it becomes an experiential understanding and the mind um, kind of begins to gravitate in that direction because the heart the mind understands this way this feel this feels more congruent with well-being we, we we get that sense of well-being when we experience them. And the, 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 the heart and mind kind of want to head in that direction. And so with mindfulness and investigation together like that, essentially that this is, um, in a way, the, the mindfulness and investigation is kind of pointing us in the direction of what is sometimes called wise effort, Wise effort being the uh, factor of the Eightfold Path, where we're encouraged to look at the the skillful and the unskillful, the wholesome and the unwholesome. But it's got a little bit more than just mindfulness there, or or it can. It can can sound like it has more than mindfulness. We're encouraged in wise effort to um, avoid the unwholesome that has not arisen, to cultivate the un, I mean, to, to abandon the unwholesome that has arisen, to um, cultivate the wholesome that has arisen, cultivate the wholesome that has not yet arisen, and to maintain the, the wholesome that has arisen. So it, it, we're encouraged to kind of um, look at our experience in terms of the wholesome and unwholesome and basically let go of, avoid, abandon the unwholesome and cultivate, maintain, support, encourage the wholesome. There are practices that we can do in wise effort that are active. And there are times that we we definitely need to do that, that we see our mind really pulled in the direction of, of, um, an unwholesome quality and just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to go there. You know, sometimes we need to have a kind of a strong sense of, of, um, I wouldn't say repressing, but kind of actively saying no to something that can, that can be, that can be part of, of, um, our practice. We can actively cultivate the wholesome through practices of loving kindness, through actively encouraging or inclining towards the wholesome qualities such as patience. So there are ways that we can actively engage with the wholesome and the unwholesome to abandon, avoid the unwholesome and to cultivate, maintain the wholesome. And 
the um, the uh, exploration of the wholesome and unwholesome with mindfulness includes the four right efforts kind of automatically. Just as I described a little bit before, that as we open to an unwholesome quality with mindfulness, if we can be mindful of it, now this is where this is where the choice point happens. If we can be mindful of it and understand and know, yes, this this is the quality, this is the quality connected with aversion that's arising in the mind. Aversion is arising in the mind. If we can know that without judgment, not be reactive to it, not be drawn into its energy and act out of it, then mindfulness can hold it. If we feel like we can't, like like the mindfulness is, sometimes the mindfulness can be weaker than those states. The energy of the reactivity is stronger than our capacity to be mindful. And so it, it, it feels like, at least in my experience at times, it's like when I tried to be mindful of something like that, when I tried to be mindful, for instance, of an anger that was really strong, I would just find myself getting pulled into the anger. I couldn't really stay mindful. And so that needed a little more activity, active choice. In this case, I, I chose, okay, yep, anger, I see you. I, uh, yeah, you're looking, you're asking for attention, but this is not the time. So I'm going to take a walk and you can come with me while I take a walk, but I'm going to pay attention to my feet. So that you know, just directing the attention away from it. That was one tool that I used at times. So that choice point of, can we be mindful of it? It's worth checking. Can we actually be mindful of something an unwholesome quality of mind. And if we can, then that itself, as I said earlier, cultivates the understanding, wow, this state is suffering. The mind begins to understand something about how it arises, what it, how it affects the body and mind, and begin the, 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 the system through that mindfulness of the unwholesome state begins to orient to letting go of it, to abandoning it. And so being mindful of an unwholesome state creates the conditions for the abandoning of that unwholesome state. We don't have to actively do it. It also creates the conditions because we're understanding and learning. Yeah, this is suffering. It creates the conditions for in the future, the understanding that heading towards those unwholesome states will lead to suffering. And so we tend to, the mind, through the mindfulness and the understanding of the unwholesome quality and how it affects us and how it affects the world, it tends to create the conditions for a more um, kind of orientation away from those qualities in the future. And the flip side is true when we're mindful of wholesome qualities. When we're mindful of wholesome qualities, those qualities begin, we, we feel the the well-being connected to it and our mind begins to gravitate towards those qualities so it actively is interested becomes interested in cultivating those qualities actively and more naturally will maintain those qualities and so mindfulness and wise effort 
don't have to be thought of as separate things. When we're practicing wise mindfulness, when we can practice wise mindfulness, wise effort is is in there. We just need to have the clarity of when we might not be able to practice wise mindfulness. When we have to bring, when we, when we can't just simply be aware of what's happening in the present moment while it's happening, but need to bring in some tools to support us to be mindful. So with this kind of combination of mindfulness and investigation of the wholesome and unwholesome, very naturally, a, um, an energy towards the practice begins to arise. The definition, actually, of the energy factor of awakening is the energy that arises in connection to the four right efforts. It's an interesting kind of back and forth or, or two-way kind of relationship between effort and energy. We often think, you know, I need energy to make effort, right? I mean, that's how we think of it. I spend energy while making effort. That's often how we think of it. And and there's some truth to that. We need energy to make effort. We do need energy to make effort. And the, the energy that we use to make effort is informed by, hopefully informed by, the perspective of the Dharma, the perspective of curiosity about the wholesome and the unwholesome, curiosity about what supports freedom from, from suffering. So it, it, it's a kind of the, the energy at first is supported by um, um, more conceptual understanding of the direction of that energy, perhaps. We, we actively engage in that direction to be curious about experience to, to notice the wholesome and the unwholesome, to notice the effect it has on our, our system. So we need some energy to make effort. We often actually need less energy than we think to make effort. Um, sometimes we think we need to really gear up in order to be, be mindful, to be aware of, be present in the present moment. And usually that, that sense of gearing up is because we're thinking about needing to be mindful or trying to be mindful for a long time. I'm going to be mindful for this next sitting or for this activity, whatever it is. We, we, we are, we're kind of gearing up for that. Instead of understanding or thinking about mindfulness is just this moment. And now just this moment. So just enough effort just enough effort to stay connected to this moment and then do it again and then again. We, we, we get caught in the thinking and again and again and again and again. But what actually is needed in this moment isn't that much energy. Just right now, can you be aware of the sensations of your hands? How about a breath? Usually it's not too hard when I name those things. It's like, yeah, there's one. That's the level of energy we need to be mindful in a moment. And then we just have to remember to keep doing it. And we'll forget. Of course we forget. Of course we forget. But that's the beginning of this factor of energy. Energy itself is and, and the 
I would say energy itself is kind of a neutral quality. It it can be paired with, like, there's a lot of energy in anger. But it's paired with the unwholesome. So the, the energy that is this factor of awakening is paired with wholesomeness. It's paired with the understanding of the wholesome and the unwholesome. So it's, it's paired with wisdom. And so that's really what we've been cultivating in wise, with wise mindfulness and wise in, I'm sorry, with the, the factor, the factor of mindfulness, the factor of investigation, we've been kind of strengthening the wisdom factor. And that wisdom factor is beginning to infuse our energy. So the, uh, we need some level of energy to begin with. But then the, the, the definition of of energy being the energy that results from making the four right efforts. That's interesting to me because it, it, it kind of makes it sound like it's a self-supporting cycle. And it, it feels that way, actually. That as we engage in understanding the wholesome and the unwholesome, the heart and mind begin to see the value could say that we, we see the value of this kind of attention. And that brings some kind of delight and some uh, a sense of kind of, yes, this is possible. We see the value of it. We, we experience some benefits. And, and sometimes we, we also um, get some benefits of, at times we might see, for instance, in observing something unwholesome, we might see it begin to fall apart. And we then learn that there's so much energy bound up in those unwholesome reactive states. As they fall apart, there's a lot of energy that's freed up. And so the, the, uh, paradoxically, the making of energy towards the wholesome will cultivate wholesome energy. There's a, uh, I think of the enlightenment factor of energy when it becomes an enlightenment factor. You know, it is really, we could define it as energy that is directed towards the practice. Energy that's directed towards understanding the skillful and the unskillful. Energy that's directed towards the releasing of the unskillful and the cultivation of the skillful. And so in many ways it begins to, we could say, kind of strengthen the investigation factor as well and put more kind of oomph into the investigation, which then leads us to see more benefits, which, which leads to more energy. I think of, I think of the enlightenment factor of energy being when that energy towards the practice kind of feels like it becomes self-sustaining. When it doesn't feel like I'm doing it anymore. When it's very clear, it's like you're you're on the 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 um 
you're you're on the flow or in the stream of mindfulness and investigation and it feels like it's doing itself wisdom essentially we could say wisdom has become very strong and instead of the idea of i need to do this work it's like wisdom understands this is valuable this being appreciates the direction this is going and so there's a very natural movement in that direction so it, it it begins to feel like when the the energy becomes an enlightenment factor it feels like the practice is doing itself sometimes that's that that can be what it feels like we don't have to try so hard it's just happening feels like it's happening on its own my teacher Sayadaw Utejaniya says it's not just happening on its own it's happening because of conditions it's happening because wisdom is engaged it it is it is what feels like on its own is that the sense of self the sense of me doing it has fallen away there is still energy and effort happening it's just not my energy or my effort so it's also touching into or or beginning to open to that sense of not me doing this practice the practice kind of engaged doing itself there's a few a few things um i think i'll just mention this briefly and then and then see if there's any comments or questions um energy is found the the factor of energy you know the buddha has all these lists right there's all these different lists that orient to um different ways to explore the practice ways to think about the practice ways to think about the qualities of mind and energy or a relationship or a relation to energy is found probably in more lists than just about anything else it's um it's found in the in the eightfold path in the flavor of wise effort it's found in the five faculties the five faculties being faith energy mindfulness concentration wisdom it's found in the 10 paramis and the 10 paramis what precedes um energy in the 10 paramis is wisdom so there's there's a number of um and then it's found in the seven factors of awakening what precedes energy in the seven factors of awakening is investigation and i found it interesting to kind of think about these various lists in terms of what is it that actually supports or brings this quality or factor of um energy of the wholesome energy the energy spiritual energy the energy directed to the practice what brings it into being and uh, these lists give us some some clues so um faith in the uh, list of the five faculties faith precedes energy so a sense of confidence both in the teachings and our capacity 
to engage. That's a, a way to look at what faith means, you know, that it's, it's a kind of the, the sense of, yes, this works. This is helpful. When we have that sense of here's something that might help. I mean, even, even if it's at the level of, I don't know how this is going to work, but maybe it'll work. My friend said it worked, you know, kind of like borrowing faith. Even at that level, I've seen kind of a willingness. Like, yeah, well, I'll give it a try. You know, nothing else has worked. So why don't I give this a try? So that kind of spurs a little bit of that sense of willing to engage, willing to invest the energy to make the effort, which will then cultivate the energy. So faith and confidence in both the teachings and in our capacity to engage, that's a support for this energy, this awakening factor of energy. In the paramis, wisdom is the preceding quality to energy. And that speaks to the definition of wisdom really is connected to understanding. When we understand what's wholesome and what's unwholesome, you know, we think of wisdom as being this really grand thing, this like major, like, you know, big, like understanding of something, but it's really, it can be expressed very concisely. And then there's a deepening into the understanding that does grow quite profound. Just this understanding of what is wholesome and what is unwholesome is one of the key definitions of wisdom. There are some others that that flower out of that, but as we engage, as the energy is informed by that wisdom, then a deepening of wisdom happens through the path, a deepening around understanding impermanent, unreliable, not-self so there is a there's a deepening of that understanding. There's a deepening of the understanding of the conditioned nature of experience of of dependent origination. There's some other definitions that are that are offered in the suttas for wisdom. But the basic one that we start from, where the whole thing begins to it's like it's like the springboard through which the development of wisdom, the development of energy, the development, the deepening of wisdom happens is through this understanding of what's wholesome and what's unwholesome. So that's another support for for the development of this energy. There's a few a few more. Um, one, the, one of the commentaries points to a sense of spiritual urgency as um, as a support for energy. And that I can, this too is, is kind of like the, we may, we may have an experience or a, a, a kind of a, a situation. Sometimes we might come to a, a close encounter with our own impermanence, the impermanence of a, of a dear one. And that can spur a sense of, yeah, I might not have a lot of time or there's something to understand here, you know, something to understand. And, um, and so the, that kind of urgency can also propel us into having some energy to engage. I think I'll stop there and see if there's any comments or questions, reflections about what I've offered this morning, today.
Nicholas. I actually am just back from the first inversion retreat at IRC, which was amazing. And uh, energy was really up for us. That was one of the things that was really up for me. And I wanted to share something really kind of beautiful that came in the clarity, which was ambition. That was kind of the word is realizing that like mindfulness would be strong. There'd be a small little insight, something very, you know, lovely, something very useful. And then ambition would come in and craving would come in. Okay. A little more insight, like a little, let's, let's keep going. You know, how does this map onto what I like trying to really expand it and seeing that it was like, Oh, that's where most of my energy goes. It doesn't go into practicing. It goes into wanting practice to go better in the next moment. <laughs> what a great understanding. It was really, and what was really beautiful was seeing that the antidote to that was contentment. And it's interesting because I don't, Contentment one, I felt a lot like I started crying when contentment came up, which was very telling of how not content sometimes I can be. But I think it was also, I don't know if it's cultural or what it is, but I don't associate contentment with empowering energy. And it's really beautiful, like just settling in and saying, okay, this is what's happening. And if this is what's happening and I'm there's some contentment with that, then all of the energy goes to meeting it. Yes. It's amazing. It's really beautiful. So I just wanted to share that with everyone. That's beautiful. That's that's kind of what I was pointing to earlier when I talked about the kind of the energy that can be settled, you know, that, that sense of, yes, there can be energy that's not kind of this agitated kind of quality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, yeah, it's beautiful to see how that energy can be balanced by something like contentment. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that uh, pattern you describe of as soon as we see something, you know, it's, 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 it's the, it's the same old pattern of, Oh, this is, this is what I want. You know, it's like we get, we, we, we gain an understanding and then the mind goes, Oh, that's what I, that's what I need. And, and, and that, you know, that's counter to the whole way the path actually unfolds. And so it kind of, throws a wrench into the works essentially, but, but um, it's so natural. It's just that, that same old pattern playing out. And so not to judge it or to, you know, in fact, what I've often seen is when I see it, it's, it's like, oh yeah, there's that pattern again, you know, there it is. And, and that paradoxically can, can, can be the place where, oh, and the contentment can land with that, with even knowing, yeah, wanting that, Wanting more of that is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I think when you name that, like, you have to ask if you can be mindful of this. It was, it was very challenging for me to be mindful of that process until I named, oh, this is trying to help. Beautiful. Right? This is actually trying really hard to help, and it's just really bad at helping. <laughs> and then suddenly it was kind of like there was a lot of space around it, and that really helped. Great. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and the, but the piece, the, the piece I just wanted to point to is like that clinging pattern. It it will happen with all of these wholesome qualities. You know, all of the seven factors we will cling to them, and and you know that's partly what we learn as we as we see as we see them. You know, so yeah, it's it's a it's a ride. It's quite a ride. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Gabe. Yeah, so um, I have a, a question about um, sort of 
Yeah, intense, <laughs> unpleasant emotion. And uh, I've been, exp- you know, I'm, I'm going through a lot of change right now. And it's, it's been, yeah, it's been intense. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of seeing over the, you know, over the, over the course of the last month or, or so, yeah, just kind of the natural grieving process uh, and kind of the unwinding. And in some moments, you know, there's just, there's been a lot of beauty as well, as well as, you know, uh, reactivity. And uh, yeah, just, I guess maybe the question is around that point about being mindful, you know, when, when it's possible to be mindful and when, because these, yeah, just these little thoughts, I guess you could call them intrusive thoughts, but come in and it's like quite, can be quite intense and it's all of a sudden and yeah, they can kind of throw me off balance, but yet I don't want to, it doesn't seem helpful to fight, obviously. Um, so what I've been finding in some moments helpful is just the idea that I can be aware of that whole process and like not control, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's painful, there's reactivity, but kind of that, kind of this stepping back, the, the more I can step back and sort of release control and sort of not try to get, get in there with the stuff that's really intense, then sometimes I even find then, yeah, there's just the space to kind of see what happened and see how the mind's entangled. But just in a moments, even like some relief, some, some release because the mind is sort of, uh, for a moment, taking the perspective of seeing things with, with mindfulness and wisdom. And sometimes it's just, uh, yeah, it, it, it just kind of knocks me for a loop, but maybe it's, maybe the, I'm kind of answering my own question, but maybe it's just not, uh, not personalizing when that happens either. Um, so anyways, any comments you might have, I'd appreciate it. You know, I think we we have to learn this. You know, it's there's no there's no like one size fits all answer. You know, it's it's so related to or connected with what's happening in the moment, what the capacity is in the moment. You have seen, as you've described, that capacity to be aware of the process, to kind of step back, to not like go in there and try to pull everything apart, but more of a sense of wow, it's a mess and it's painful and, you know, just to kind of take it in a, in a larger kind of sense. Um, what I would say is that, you know, and, and we learn over time when we have that capacity and when we don't. And what I would say is if, you know, you're kind of flipping in and out of that a little bit, you know, like, you know, caught in it and then see within a, a, a few moments, you know, oh yeah, caught in it again, you know, um, if, if you're in that kind of a space and what I'd say generally is if it doesn't feel like the reactivity is getting the upper hand, you know, if it doesn't feel like it's on a runaway train, that reactivity, uh, you know, then play with trusting the mindfulness for a while. There can be a time in that kind of a place where it's kind of like, it, it's like the, the reactivity stays at a certain level. It's not getting worse, but it doesn't feel like it's releasing either. You know, that 
can be a place where we can have, there's a lot of learning that can happen there. And, and the mind can sometimes get a little tired there too, which can create the conditions for then it, it kind of fall into the reactivity. And so, you know, give yourself some time to explore it. And then if the, if the, if the mind starts getting tired, that might be a time to turn the attention to something else. Give yourself a break from it. Um, but give yourself a chance because very often we do get those moments of nourishment, you know, that it's like the, the mind gets a little tired, but then it sees, oh, right, this is just that reactivity happening. And we get that sense of release. And so it's like we get a little bit of the, the refreshment of the mindfulness there that gives us a little more energy. So, you know, so that it, it like it, it, uh, it supports the investigation to keep going. So just keep playing with it. If it feels like it's on the runaway train, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, it'll go on that runaway train and we'll come back like five minutes later. <laughs> and it's like, okay, at that point, then it might be time to uh, say, okay, that, that's, that's pretty strong right now. And maybe it's time to not be directly looking at that. But you don't have to repress it. Just it's more, it can be more, find something that's easy to be with in the present moment and just let the attention go there. You know, so we've talked about that at times. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, 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 it is this moment, this point of, you know, this question of when do I know when to just be mindful and when do I know when to bring in the tools? This is the art of our practice. And so it's, you know, we start with a, you know, a canvas and we're painting and we make big, big brush strokes on it. And it's kind of maybe not very refined, <laughs> but over time we learn how to, you know, use the tools skillfully. So it's something we learn, we each learn for ourselves. And, you know, I can describe my own process with it and, you know, listen to how you're working with it and, and encourage you. And to me, it sounds like, in a way, you did answer your own question, you know, that you heard that, yeah, I am actually seeing a lot here. So you are able to be mindful of it. But there may well be times that, you know, and different conditions might affect this. You know, you might be hungry or sleepy and it might not, you know, it might or you might have had a big argument with somebody, you know. So a lot of different kinds of conditions might create the 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 strength of the reactivity over the mindfulness. And so to, to honor that the conditions change and that we may have had the capacity yesterday or this morning and we don't have it right now. So, and to not beat ourselves up about that. It's like, no, the practice hasn't gone backwards. Conditions have changed. Yeah. Well, thank you for that.